Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Bran Chapter 3 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Okay. So the news that I have for you guys today, um, so there's more and more coming out about House of the Dragon every day. This is from IndieWire, um, and it actually says that HBO has shared some concept art um, for House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones spinoff. Um, I mean, we've already covered House of the Dragon, what it is, you know, it's based on fire and blood, um, but we'll release the article to you guys so you can take a look at some of these fan art. They look pretty cool, um, this concept art. I love fan art. But I think, I feel like the, the pictures are... Let me see. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's, there's one that's just like a dragon. And there's one that's a head. And one that's a head. Oh, that's cool, the head of a dragon. That oh. Is, oh, the head of a dragon, yes. <laughs> like a head of a person? No, That's really head. cool. Yeah, so it'll be it'll mm-hmm. be pretty cool when it comes out, but that's just some of the art that they released for House of the Dragon. It's exciting. Um, there's no Martin message today. Our friend George did not write anything since our last one, so no Martin message. Yeah, and George. Gabby. We're hoping that he's writing the book. I, hope that's, I hope that's why he's too busy to write blog but, posts. you know, <laughs> never know. Yeah. Okay. So, the first question from last week was, why do you think the king didn't tell Ned that he had Arya? Do you think that it was Cersei's doing or Robert's? Um, Hannah answered with, Cersei is very manipulative and doesn't seem to like Ned or his kids, so I think she found out first and convinced him not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Which, agreed. I could see that happening, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lexi said, it was probably Cersei's hold over Robert. He probably would have told Ned if it wasn't for her. Just shows you how powerful Cersei yes. is <laughs> already. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the second question was, do you think that Ned was being too forward challenging the king to carry out the sentence on Lady? Hannah replied with, I think she... Bleh, bleh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> she said, I think he has special privilege where he can challenge the king without consequence. So if it were someone else, probably overstepping, but they have such a unique and close relationship that it's within his rights to challenge him. Which is, I agree. Yeah. I think that that's basically what we said, too. I think so. Yeah. From last episode. And then Lexi replied with, no, I think Robert's sentencing... I think Robert's... Wow, guys. (laughs) We're really struggling. It's okay. Um, I'm really struggling today. (laughs) Um, Okay. Lexi said, no, I think Robert's sentencing lady to death was was ridiculous. She didn't do anything wrong. Agreed. Obviously. Yes. I mean. Yes. Lady shouldn't have died. Yes. Anyway. um, And then the third question was, do you think Sansa should have stepped up and defended her sister? And why didn't she? Hannah said, yes, anyone in that position should do that. However, I think it's easy to say and harder harder to do for a young girl in Sansa's position. She doesn't seem to appreciate her familial familial ties just yet. And I think she is too focused on what she is supposed to become. She was probably scared of what Cersei and or Joffrey would do, but also scared of losing what she sees as the most important thing Mm -hmm. slash her life's purpose. Also, at Chris, she's an 11-year-old girl who has it drilled into her since she was born that she's, that, that, that's what she's supposed to become. She hasn't matured enough to think for herself yet, so, like, if she were 20, yeah, I agree with you, but you can't apply that to an 11-year-old. She just called you out. (laughs) Snacks for Hannah! (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and then Lexi replied, uh, yeah, she didn't want to make Joffrey look bad, which is stupid. Family should come first. All right. Well, that was it. So last episode, we were with um, Ned as Arya was found after four days. And discipline was discussed between Ned and the king. And Cersei kind of showed her true colors. And we are down by two wolves. Sad. Sad. Yep. Today, though, we're actually in a dream of Bran's. Wow. Um, Bran has discovered that he can fly and his purpose for still living. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, and then the wine we have tonight is a Riesling. Um, it's just called Relax. I don't really know where it's from, but it's medium sweet. Ooh. So goes perfect because we're talking about a dream. About today. a dream. Yeah. Relax. Go to work. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Thank you. I can't. Can't reach it. I can't reach it. Okay. That's very sweet. There you <clears> go. <throat> wow. <laughs> That's sweet. It's good. Yep. Not too sweet though. All right. Ready? Yeah. Let's go. So like Chris said, this entire chapter, we are inside Bran's head. More specifically, Yay. he is having a dream. Um, this is all while he's still laying in bed sick. At first, um, it the book describes it and says there's just complete darkness. And then Bran starts to hear a voice. And that voice is whispering to him, fly, fly. Bran doesn't know how. Um, Bran is like thinking, like, I don't know how to fly. So all he could do was fall, I guess. That's what it felt like in his dream. Yeah. I guess. Um, in his dream, he starts recalling an event he had with Maester Lewin when he was younger. And I think Gabby talked about this part in one of our previous episodes. But this is when Maester Lewin made a little boy out of clay and dressed him in Bran's clothes and threw him off the roof. And we saw the clay boy shatter. And Bran is kind of talking in his dream. And Bran's like, I never, but I never fall as he was falling in his dream. <laughs> as he is falling in his dream, he sees the ground very far below him with gray mist swirling all around and felt that he was falling very fast and the ground was approaching him very fast. He knew what was waiting for him when he fell. Which is the ground, um, and like the, like Lewin said with the or demonstrated with the doll, yeah, shattering, shattering, yeah. Then he hears a voice that says, "And if you don't," and then he saw the ground was closer to him, and he wanted to cry. And then he hears the voice say, "Not cry, fly," and then Bran says, "I can't, I can't," and the voice, <clears throat> the voice says, "How do you know? Have you tried?" And uh, Bran describes the voice as very high and very thin. He's not sure whose voice it is. Bran is looking around, kind of trying to get, like, figure out where the voice is coming from. And he sees a crow who was also falling with him. And as Bran sees the crow, he kind of yells out to him, help me, help me. And the crow says, I'm trying. Say, got any corn? And I, I caught on to this. I'm not sure if you guys did, but this connects to the previous brand chapter. Hmm. So on page 80 in the book, not this current one, not this current chapter, but page 80 in the last brand chapter, 
It said, There's, there was a crow's nest atop the broken tower where no one ever went but him, and sometimes he filled his pockets with corn before he climbed up there and the crows ate it right out of his hand. So while in his dream, he's kind of like remembering all these things that he experienced when, when he was awake. And he remembered that he would always take corn mm. to go feed the crows. Feed the crows. So that's why he heard the crow say, say, got any corn? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> All right, back to the current chapter. So Bran does reach into his pocket, and he pulls out golden kernels of corn. And then the crow landed on his hand and started to eat them. Okay, so now this whole next part that I have is just a back and forth between Bran and the crow talking. So I've asked Chris to help me out with this. I am going to be talking for Bran, and Chris is going to be talking for the crow. Caw-caw. <laughs> So, this little chapter excerpt starts on page 161, and it starts kind of a third of the way down. Are you really a crow? Bran asked. Are you really falling? It's just a dream. Is it? I'll wake up when I hit the ground. You will die when you hit the ground. And then the crow went back to eating corn. Bran looked down. He could see mountains now. They're their peaks white with snow and the silver thread of rivers in the dark woods. He closed his eyes and began to cry. That won't do any good. I told you, the answer is flying, not crying. How hard can it be? I do that. I'm doing it. The crow took to the air and flapped around Bran's hand. You have wings, Bran pointed out. Maybe you do too. Bran felt along his shoulders, groping for feathers. There are different kinds of wings. And then... After that, Bran noticed, like, he's looking at his body, and he's noticing how skinny he was, and he described himself as just skin and bones. And that's kind of what we saw when um, they described, when uh, I think Rob or John described how skinny he looked. Mm -hmm. Like, they could yeah, see his bones. On, on his sickbed. Yes. He, and then he's trying to remember what he used to look like before he fell, and I don't, it doesn't seem like he can remember. Then he hears Jamie saying the things I do for love. And as we know, that is the last thing Bran ever heard before he got pushed out of the window and fell to the ground. Um, then the Bran, then, cr I'm sorry. The crow then tells Bran just to forget this. It's not important. Then the Bran. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bran is then screaming and the crow was pecking at him. And Bran asks, what are you doing? Um, the crow then replies that it's teaching him how to fly, which, don't know how the pecking is teaching him how to fly. Come on, go. But then he just replies again that he can't fly. Um, and the crow tells him that he's flying right now, but Bran just says, no, all I'm doing is falling. Yeah. So, the, the crow tells him that every flight begins with a fall, and then tells him to look down. Um, Bren says that he's afraid and the crow just yells, look, <laughs> just look. look this is one rude crow. Right. Very demanding. He's to the point. Yeah. Um, so Bran looks down and he feels his insides turn into water. Um, and he saw the ground like rushing up at him. The whole world was spread out below him. Um, he said he, it was like a tapestry of white and brown and green. Um, he could see everything, and for a moment, he forgot to be afraid, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. He could see the entire realm and everyone in it. So mm -hmm. so he could see Winterfell as the eagles saw it, the towers looking like squat and stubby from 
above, and then the castle walls just looked like lines and dirt. Um, he could see Maester Lewin on his balcony studying the studying the sky through a polished bronze tube and frowning as he makes notes in his notebook. Um, and then he sees his brother, Rob, and kind of says that he's taller and stronger than he's remembered, than, like, than Bran remembered. Um, but he's practicing swordplay in the yard with real steel in his hand, so that kind of shows, like, just how much Rob has grown up, like, since Bran's fall. Mm-hmm. Um, he then sees Hodor, the simple giant from the stables, carrying an anvil to... Micken's Forge, hefting it to his shoulder as easily as another man might lift a bale of hay. Strong mm. strong guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big dude. <laughs> um, at the heart of the god's wood, the great white weir- weirwood brooded over its reflection in the black pool, its leaves rustling in a chill wind, but apparently when it felt Bran watching, it lifted its eyes from the still waters and stared back at him knowingly. I, I was going to say, I think... This is showing that he's kind of aware of what's going on, even yeah. though he's in a coma, basically, because yeah. yeah. he's he's recognizing that Bran is older and he looks stronger and taller than he ever remembered him. He remembers Maester Lewin, you know, he remembers the Godswood, all mm-hmm. this stuff going on around him while he's still asleep. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then when he looked to the east, he saw a galley racing across the waters of the Bight. He saw his mother sitting alone in the cabin, looking at a blood-stained knife on a table in front of her as rowers pulled their oars and Sir Roderick leaned over across the railing, shaking and heaving. So that's that's what... It's currently the, what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the, so like, he currently, sees what's going on right now. Which, even though he's asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way of him seeing this from his bed. Yep. Um, he says a storm was gathering ahead of them, a vast, dark, roaring lashed by lightning, but somehow they couldn't see it. That sounds... Weird. Like something's going to happen. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. That um, we have not and then, yes. and then looking to the south, he saw the great blue-green blue rush of the trident. Um, he saw his father pleading with the king, his face etched with grief. He could see Sansa crying herself to sleep at night, and he saw Arya watching in silence and holding her secrets hard in her heart. And that was when Lady died. Yeah. That and was the that's last chapter. How does he know that? Because yeah. they're all the way on the King's Road, not yeah. even in Winterfell. That's <laughs> insane. Um, and then there apparently were shadows all around each one of them in talking about um, his brother and his sister, or I'm sorry, his dad and his sisters. Mm-hmm. Um one shadow was dark as ash with the terrible face of a hound. Could that be Sandra Clegane? <laughs> Another was armored like the sun, golden and beautiful. And over them loomed a giant in armor made of stone. An armor made of stone, but when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. That was a lot of symbolism right there. Yeah. Holy yep. cow. That's crazy. So then Bran looks uh, across the sea, and he sees the, the the free cities and the Dothrak and the birthplace of the dragons. Um, so they describe it a little bit in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, he then looked north to the wall, and he can actually see Jon. Um, and he can see the shimmering of the wall. And he notes how Jon is becoming cold. He sees Jon, like, sleeping, 
and he comments how John's skin is actually becoming hard mm -hmm. because of the cold. Um, uh, then Bran looks farther north, uh, and he can actually see the free folk and stares winter directly in the eyes. So he sees all the way north. Um, I think that's interesting that in the book they... I don't know. I, don't, I thought this was cool, but they capitalized winter like it was a person. Right, like it was a person, yeah. like it's a being. Mm -hmm. um, and so while he's staring this directly in the eyes, he gets scared. And the crow goes, that's why you must live, because winter is coming. That's um, just yeah. some, chills. <laughs> yeah. Some deep cliffhangers here. Yes. Uh, so... Bran is falling towards certain death now, um, and he sees these, he, he definitely is like, okay, I'm going to die, because all he sees in front of him are these frozen spikes, um, and where all these other people, he said, like, dreamers, other dreamers have been impaled, so he sees, like, dead bodies on these spikes, and he's like, okay, that's going to be me next, um, and Bran then notes that the crow actually has three eyes, and the third eye... When he looks directly into the third eye of the crow, he sees that it's full of these terrible, terrible dark knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. But then Bran's like, okay, I gotta fly. I gotta figure this out. So he begins to, like, believe he can fly. So he actually starts to fly. Um, and it describes it as with wings that are unseen. So some invisible wings. Wow. It's a dream. So <laughs> Anything um, can happen. Yeah. And as he gains altitude there, he feels very free. Uh, and then the crow, then he notices the crow begins to peck at his forehead. And Bran's like, what are you doing? And the crow's not answering. He's pecking at his forehead. Um, as we know, he was already pecking at him, but now he's hitting him in the forehead. Mm -hmm. um, and as Bran begins to feel this pain in his forehead, he looks to the crow, and the crow suddenly starts to, like, turn into this woman. And he's like, I recognize this woman from somewhere. He's like, wait, this is, she's from Winterfell. She's one of the, the maids at Winterfell. Um, and then the woman backs away from Bran real quick, drops a pail of water, and Bran opens his eyes, and he's in his room in Winterfell. The woman runs off, um, screaming that Bran is awake, um, and Bran notices that he tries to get out of bed, um, and he notices that nothing happens. He's like, okay, mm. I can't really get out of bed. He can't move. Um, so he feels that his legs can't, he can't feel his legs. Poor kid. But he can feel his hands. Um, Bran notices that he can't move, um, everything but his legs, or everything but his arms, it looks like. Because his joint, his wolf joins him, um, and Bran's, like, able to push the wolf away from his face. Um, because the wolf is licking Bran's face. Like, yay! Um, and it ends with, you know, Rob is just, like, I don't think Rob says anything. It doesn't say that he says anything, but, uh, Bran goes, his name is Summer. Mm-hmm. So, so talking about the wolf. Yes. Yeah. And that's how they end the chapter. I think he named his wolf Summer because in the dream, like it said, like that's winter is why you have to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Summer is opposite of winter. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe. So maybe, maybe it's, it's going to keep him alive. Yeah. I, no, I was thinking like he knows he has to combat winter somehow. What Let's better than with a wolf named Summer? Exactly. Uh, so the questions that I have... Um, that we'll discuss here, some discussion questions. Um, first one is, do you think that Bran is just dreaming, or do you think there's something more here? Something more. Yeah. I. There has to be something more. If I think he's because... seeing something that's, yeah. like, real-time happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things that he wouldn't know about. 
Yeah. Like, all the way in, Doth- like, with the Dothraki and with Catelyn, mm. and there's no way he would know that. Or Ed. Yeah. Yeah, with Ned over there and, yeah. and <laughs> Sansa yeah. and Arya crying, like, he wouldn't know that. Um, second question is, in Bran's dream, it seems as though he's really seeing things as they are taking place. Have you ever had a weird deja vu dream like that? Yes, many times. I know I have. I just can't remember. I couldn't give you examples, but I've definitely That's the thing. When you have one, it feels like you never... Yeah. Or I'll wake up and think, like, the thing in my dream was real. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever happened. (laughs) Or it'll be something in my dream, and then... Later on, I'll be doing something. And yeah. I'm like, Wait a second. Mm-hmm. I just dreamt this. Yeah, I just yeah. dreamt this. Maybe I can see the future. <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever dreamt like that? Like you're waking up and getting ready for work. Yes. Yes. That's. Yeah. And then I wake up and I'm like, wait. Um, like, oh. <laughs> or I'll wake up and think like I'm late for work. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. That yeah, that happens oh, to me all the time. Uh, and the third question is, why do you think Bran named the wolf Summer? And Olivia already answered that Sorry, question. Sorry, I didn't know that was the question. Yeah. But you know my answer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to agree with Olivia on that one. Yeah. I think that maybe it could be a mix of, like, he's afraid of what's coming. Like, he's yeah. afraid of winter. So maybe he just is thinking, like, mm-hmm. oh. I'm going to combat this yeah. in every way I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the way that they refer to winter, I think, is that it's... It, feels like winter is truly evil in mm-hmm. every way, shape, or form. I mean, they talk about, like, people freezing to death and whatever. Yeah. So I think the fact that his wolf is his protection, that would be the reason why I name it Summer, because, yeah, like I said, opposite. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's... Or maybe he just looks at the wolf and he wants to feel warm because it's cold. <laughs> Either way. Right. But those are our discussion questions, so make sure you answer those on our social media. Yeah, guys, this was a this was a very short episode. Yeah, it was. The chapter was like short but full of good things. It was like five or six pages long. But next week we will definitely have a longer one for you. Make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, we are Game of Wines One. On YouTube, we are Game of Wines Podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Catelyn Chapter 4, so make sure you read that chapter before next week's episode. Thank you for listening.